Colorado Sports Guys podcast is brought to you by the Denver Chop House. The Denver Chop House is located in beautiful, lower, downtown Denver, Colorado at 18th and Wincoop. Is that correct, Jeff? Yes. I knew it. It is the best place to get a good steak, a burger, french fries, or try one of their many delicious, freshly brewed beers. That's the Denver Chop House. We love them. They love us. We love you. Enjoy the show. 19th and one coupe. That's what I meant. Yeah, I wasn't listening. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. What's up, everybody out there on the interwebs? We're down here at Jake's Food and Spirits. I just stuffed myself silly with a hot turkey melt. With me, as always, Ross Hipsters Classic. Howdy, Martin. folks. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Gas Podcast, where the West freaking lives and lives well. Back to you. All right. No, yeah. Make his way down here. Make his way down here from Thornton. We got the king of Thornton himself, <laughs> Jeff Morton. What's up, my subject? It's good to be king, ain't it, Jeff? <laughs> it is. It's got damn good to be the king of that's, Thornton. That's uh, what I have on my uh, stationery. We had Jerry yeah. the King Lawler. Move on over, buddy, because we got Jeff, king of Thornton, Morton, in the house. Your grace. Thanks for joining us, your grace. I prefer to be called my liege. Your liege. <laughs> well, boys, we made it down here. Jake's Food and Spirits. 3,800 Walnut. Walnut. And it's freezing outside, but it's warm in it here. It is goddamn cold out yeah, there. Apparently, apparently, the Arctic has transferred from you know the Arctic to Colorado. So. When I walked out of my place today, I smelled that wonderful horseshit smell of Charlie Monfort's cattle herds up there in Greeley. Forgot those were Monfort's. And uh, I uh, knew the snow was coming. Other people, they watch the news reports and yeah. weather reports, but I just wait for that sweet smell of horse shit, and I know the storms are coming. How about the metal in your body? Does that ever tell you? I have no come? metal in my body. Uh, really? Just metal in my mind. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I'm at the age now where 50. I feel it before it comes in. So yesterday my legs hurt. You're like a dog. Really a dog or someone or with like arthritis. A, or like an elk. Every time a storm yeah. happens, Jeff just starts running in circles. <laughs> I, every time a storm happens, I will curl up into the feces position and just... The feces <laughs> position? <laughs> or is it fetal? <laughs> I've never heard of that. Well, like I've Ross said, it does smell kind of poopy in the air, so... <laughs> Get all that good stuff. Uh, anyway, we're, we're down here at Jake's. The Nuggets are currently playing the Brooklyn Nets. And Denver's winning in the third quarter, 60-70. to 70, Something that we're getting accustomed to with these guys. Winning. Winning. Usually when you say the Nuggets are winning, you say the leading score first. You don't say the Nuggets are winning 60-70. to 70. You say Did they're I? winning 70-60. to 60. Didn't I say 70-60? to 60? No, you said 60-70. Pretty sure you're both wrong. That's why I'm here. I'll edit That's that why out. I'm here. I'll edit that out in post. But, uh, <laughs> all that good yeah, stuff. you will. Let's jump in uh, to Ross's favorite subject. The headlines. Whoa, 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 whoa. Drop my phone. Headlines are back again. There's a nice headline. Did you guys happen to see a, uh, here's a headline I couldn't find. When I was watching the Bronco game the other day, I swear I saw 
an advertisement for a TV show that I think was seemingly engineered just to specifically annoy Denver Bronco fans, and it was like a new sports show with Phil Sims and Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh no, it's, it's a new old one. It's inside the NFL. Oh, it is okay because yeah. I knew they were on the same show yeah. inside the NFL, but I thought they were making it seem like it was a new show on CBS. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's on Showtime, right? On Showtime, yeah. Well, I'm here to tell you how good Alex Smith is throwing the football. I thought no, they I'm sh- here to tell you how good Alex Smith is throwing the football. I thought they should name that show with just the two of them. They should name it, No, My Chin is Smaller. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. So that's not in the headline. I just it's thought that a, was... That's I thought, a non-sequitur. I thought there was a new, uh, a new uh, show. Anyway, uh, Denver Post... On uh, December 3rd, or thereabouts, I didn't write it down, by Joan Neeson. Headline, NFL should at long last trade chains for lasers when making first downs. Ooh, like, like those lasers that can cut through people? What the, the hell? hell? What is this, that's, James Bond? That's very dangerous. <laughs> I don't yeah. think this Joan You will give me the woman. formula, Mr. Bond. Why do we want lasers? If all of the applications for lasers, I think that's... Absolutely the stupidest possible one. It sounds like a half baked idea that we would come up with on the podcast. <laughs> you know, but I was I was thinking about it. You know how there are sayings that um, stick around after they kind of become obsolete? Yeah. Like like they say the whole nine yards is a saying that has to do with like um, how much ammunition you use. Like ammo comes in long strips and, and is supposedly twenty seven feet, which is nine yards, so when you really let loose some Hellfire on somebody. They say that that was the whole nine yards. Oh, right? I, man, I had no idea that's where that came from. Well, that was a golf reference. Yeah, that was. A, yeah, no, it's not. What I said is that's what, why the movie The Whole Nine Yards actually makes a lot more sense now. I was like, there was no golf in that at all, <laughs> but there was a lot of killing. But I was, I was thinking that could be like, you know, at some point in the future, they they would talk about moving the chains. Or something, and some little shit kid will have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Fire the lasers will be the new thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it'll be like, time to move the lasers. But anyway, Joan, I think that's a horrible idea. It's a dangerous idea. You know where they should put lasers is they should put lasers, like, along the the sidelines so you can see if somebody stepped out or... Let's just leave lasers out of pro sports. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, if you don't like an arm lopped off because you were <laughs> yeah. you marking it down. Yeah, I agree. Another one wound, from though. the idiot Joan Neeson. Whoa. <laughs> Ooh, ho, ho, ho. The Denver Post on December 3rd or thereabouts. Um, the headline, How the Broncos Can Clinch a Playoff Berth in Week 14. Okay. Huh? Huh? Are they in danger of missing the playoffs? No, I think they're pretty set up, and as long as they win or tie, win out, baby. they're in. Oh, does um, that mean it's like official? Yeah, it's officially, they're officially in. So you can say they're mathematically in the playoffs? Yeah. Even yeah. with, wait, hold on. So even with their 10 victories, they could still not make the playoffs? Evidently. Wow. Very, very unlikely. It's very unlikely, Joe. By my calculations, it's pretty much So don't lose any sleep over it, is what I'm saying. Don't lose any sleep over it. They still are going to make it, but they got to win this week against the Tennessee frickin' Titans. Titans. In subarctic temperatures. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be playing quarterback. (laughs) Dude, that guy's beard is awesome. 
I don't care if he sucks. What that dude for the Steelers? It's like crimped. Like, how does it get so wavy? I don't know. It was a man who was designed to wear a beard. You know how his beard got so uh, awesome? L.A. looks? Irish. Depp. Ah. Dude, speaking of Irish, I found out some disturbing news last night about my heritage. Mm. Let me take a guess. What? Go for it. You found out you're part Irish. I found out I'm part <laughs> Irish. Well, man, I, what a I was, guess. I've, been, I've always just speaking so disparagingly of the Irish my whole life. And oh, nice. that was... <laughs> Andy Feinstein, Andy, who Andrew Feinstein just interrupted like, us. <laughs> Andy refusing to podcast with us, but is interrupting the podcast. He's a net negative today for us. That's why they call go, him the Big Stiff. Go get the manager. I want to talk to Jake about you disturbing. Anyway. Yeah, where is Jake? I'm Irish. Yeah. My my parents got a hold well, you've joined of some the website where they uh, look up their uh, heritage. We can rename and this and call out our Irish guys. we got three Irishmen here now, boys. Uh, but then I was thinking of McNulty from The Wire, and then I was kind of happy about it. I'm bringing over Bonningtons from every every <laughs> podcast from here forward. Bonningtons. Anyway, Bonnington sucks. Anyway, uh, found out I'm Irish explains a lot. All right, That's moving you're gonna on. Like, you're going to like Bonningtons from now on. This one is from the Denver Post uh, by uh, Christopher Dempsey, our good pal Christopher Dempsey. Just, I miss him. I think we should have him back on the podcast. Yeah. He's a very He's good just, guest for this show. Uh, he just show. is the type of guy you want to talk to all the time about basketball. I want to talk to him about life, life in uh, general. He, I want to talk to him how he builds his body because that man's got an impressive uh, top shelf. That's okay. his MO. That's his MO. About <laughs> sports here. Keeping on sports. By Chris Redemsey in the Denver Post. Headline. This was on December 3rd or thereabouts. Denver, or excuse me, Nuggets coach Brian Shaw almost landed in Brooklyn. Hmm. Yeah. Now, he jumped out of that plane. <laughs> this means that the Nuggets weren't the second choice. It's actually his third choice, which means we're all the more lucky to have this guy, right? Oh, we we're lucky to have him for now. He's, you know, after his three-year contract is up and he does very well here, the Lakers are going to drive a dump truck full of money up to his house. And he's going to leave this fair city of ours. Yeah, well, just enjoy it while it happens, while it lasts. Yeah. This is like uh, the minor leagues for Brian Shaw, even though we it's, got a it's, very uh, good team here. But we'll have three world titles during that time. That I true. appreciate, I mean, that I appreciate true. Brian Shaw. Real picky there. <laughs> yeah. Just talking to him in practice, and, you know, he's forthright without being blunt. You know, he, but he, he's very, good, very great to talk to, great person. Uh, and he's turning out to be, at least early in the season, pretty good coach. At least uh, what from what we've seen so far. So, I, I mean, I'm, look, I'm thankfully he didn't end up in Brooklyn. Otherwise, the Nets would probably be playing better. Well, he, he was pretty much being hammered the first part of the season, and even in training camp, right? I mean, everybody's like, Whiskey? you can't slow it down here. Oh, you can't yeah. do this or that. And, yeah. You know, now that the Nuggets are playing a, a, a faster pace almost than – I don't know if it's still that way, but faster pace than last season and running the ball and all this. Everybody's like, well, Brian Shaw is just doing what George Carl did. It's like, well, he wanted this mixture of stuff. So I'm glad Brian Shaw didn't go to Brooklyn. I thought it was a massive mistake for other teams not to hire him. I think he had, what, 11 interviews or something like that? Well, yeah, he's other been teams turned down for a couple uh, years. For like about three years now since Phil Jackson left. So And he should have got that L.A. job. It was stupid of them not to bring him in. They didn't bring him in because they didn't want that Phil Jackson stink around the team anymore, which hey, is a huge mistake. I will take Phil Jackson's 11 ring stink any day of the week. Yeah, Brian Shaw, great coach. Just want to I don't want to alarm you guys. I want to butt in here for a second, but it is at this very moment begun to snow outside. 
Let's wrap this thing up. We better hurry <laughs> this up. Wait, is it? Yes, yep. Jeff. Just go with it. <laughs> Jeff, Not a video a... podcast. Jeff. Oh wait, yeah, yeah. I see a little. If you, if uh, those of you who are watching at home see the uh, see the snow falling, yeah. you'll wake up and see it tomorrow. Um, here's uh, you wanted to read this one here, Nate. Uh, I would. Yeah, this is uh, from SB Nation's Purple Row. Rockies trade Dexter Fowler to Astros for Brandon Bass and Michael Jordan. That says Barnes. Oh, Brandon Barnes and Jordan Lyles. I'm sorry. I thought they got good players for once. <laughs> oh, yeah, you completely slaughtered this. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are upset they, about this. They didn't get the uh, Celtics forward Brandon Bass or <laughs> Michael Jordan, I guess. <laughs> they got Brandon Barnes and Jordan Lyles. Oh, so it's worse trade than we thought. Yeah, I think so. 20-point lead by the Nuggets here. Um, a lot of people are pissed off about this Dexter Fowler trade. And like I'm a little confused why people are so upset about it. You like Dexter, though, didn't you? I, I, there, there's nothing. I have nothing against Dexter Fowler, but well, here's what, even, what bothers me is people are upset about the Rockies sucking, and then when they make changes, they get upset. It's like we want to be the best team with the same guys. Is what people want. People have this weird affection for their Rockies players. Well, I think that doesn't exist in, with the Denver Broncos. Was Dexter it does Fowler, exist with the Nuggets though? Was Dexter people Fowler, are infatuated with their Nuggets guys too. Was Fowler good? No, I don't think he I was. I always remember this guy being terrible. Yeah, I think he. I think he, he wasn't a great, great hitter. Voice. I think he ran into walls too much. I just don't remember this At guy. Least one time too he's many. Not, he's not a difference maker. Like when you're in baseball. Trading guys is part of the game. Like, yeah, get over, I mean, this, he's not going to lead you anywhere. He's a mediocre center fielder. You can find him a dime a dozen. Yeah. If you can trade him for a couple pitching prospects or whatever and one of those guys hits, you did your job because you're going to have ten more Dexter Fowlers right behind him. I think Dexter Fowler is exactly average. Exactly well, right I don't there. Ever, I don't nice kid, probably. Well, Ross, I don't have I used to see him a problem spill with, <laughs> with him them being him being traded. I have no, no problem with that. But apparently, the haul they got was subpar, and that's that's probably what uh, they probably could have got more than what they got in return for it. Now they did get salary relief They're from com- their fictitious salary cap. Purple so. Row does. <laughs> Purple Row is comparing Lyles. Says he has similar peripherals to country sensation Tyler Chatwood. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, mean, I, I like that. He's got oh, some singing chops. Yeah, you know right. what? That's country true. Said. Jordan Lyles does sound kind of like CMA Country that Music does. Award. Jordan Lyles and Tyler Chatwood. Yeah, they are can the duo, duo headliner. Yeah. Move Damn. over, Tim McGraw and Kenny. Chesney. I can't. I can't wait for the the uh, duets version of the Jordan Lyles and Tyler Chatwood Christmas album coming out <laughs> this year. Acoustics. That's going to be great. Just give him a couple guitars. A oh, guitars. Man, just two men, two guitars. whistle in the background, you know, and there'll be someone, and a, someone on the pedal steel. That's the Polar Express, baby. <laughs> yeah. But they do. They Jordan also, Lyles. Jordan yes. Lyles love it. I think we talked about this on one of our previous podcasts. I believe Jeff brought it up of uh, Dan O'Dowd making some disparaging remarks about Dexter Fowler. And then the Rockies, of course, just traded him, right? So I guess they didn't. Did they hurt his trade value? Because evidently they didn't get great prospects. Well, didn't he say something about not, like, playing with passion? Or is that what it was? He said that, uh, yeah, he wasn't passionate. And it's like, Passionate about baseball? Well, okay, listen. I can see you want guys to be passionate about baseball. But I think it's a little much to ask, like, the guy, the center fielder, on the worst team in baseball <laughs> that one year almost loses 100 games and the next year finishes dead last to really exhibit a lot of passion. 
maybe the passion should start from the top and move down. That's and, a good point. You know what I mean? It's like it's a good point, Ross. So is is fledging a bad word? What fledging? Fledging? Would you not want to be associated with the word fledging? You mean fledgling? <laughs> fledgling, sure. <laughs> fledgling? <laughs> fledgling. They're saying the starting what pitcher. What in God's name are you blathering? Fledging about? sounds like something well, you do in bed. You know? well, they're describing one of these. Uh, <laughs> they're describing one of those pitchers the Rockies got at a fledgling twenty-two-year-old starting pitcher. Ah, uh, who wrote this? It's Purple Row. Fledgling. He's just young. He's just starting out. Brian Kilpatrick on Purple Row. Nice guy. Great job. Good article. Good use of the word fledgling. Yeah. But I don't know if that's a Can good is that a good way to be described as a pitcher. Probably bad, right? If you're 22 <laughs> no. and fledgling, it's I don't certainly know. If, you read, not if, proven. if you read the article, it's not very flattering yeah, to not the good. Rockies. So It's not yet, but if I know Purple Row, by this time next year, or not this time next year, by April, May, they'll be fully on board with all the changes. This is very true. They'll be going crazy for Brandon Bass and Michael Jordan. <laughs> Bass and Michael Jordan. That's um, going to be great. Do you uh, have another headline there, Nate, or do you? No, I don't, Jeff. I, I have one. It's my only one. I happen to have a. We're headline. really rocking and rolling today. Fucking yeah. um, and This is uh, from SBNation.com. Oh boy, the old parent company. And it's no, by the parent company's at Vox, actually. Go ahead. <laughs> For God's sake. Anyway, derailed we, Jeff. We guarantee 100 percent accuracy on the CGS <laughs> podcast. Just Excuse me. By, by SB Nation, whose parent company is Vox Media, which go. happens to be, you know, the parent company which is, is a subsidiary of Halliburton, yeah. which a lot of people don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it's by Four <laughs> mongering <laughs> bastards. Bye, Andy. Later, Andy. Uh, hold on, Nate. Nate. Uh, yeah, uh, Andy. I love you guys. I'm sorry I'm not on the show tonight, but I, in my defense, I was overseas and just got off the airplane. It's, it's, it's your brother Jake's birthday, isn't yes. it? <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be making a, uh, uh, a comeback in two weeks. All right. But, we'll just wait. Just wait for the invite. We'll call you. <laughs> Later, buddy. He's got a big uh, game coming up with the Texans. He's got to sit on the bench. And hold that <laughs> right. For Case Keenum. Case Queenum. Kingham or Queenum. All right. What's your stupid headline? Um, yeah. It's by Mark Deeks. And uh, it says, when the, when should NBA contenders fire their luxury tax bullet? Ooh. Ooh. Is that a question headline? Yes, it is. Uh. And what's the answer? I bet you have an opinion. Uh, Never. It, it, it's actually a very well done article, because I actually read the article. It's actually a well, well-reasoned uh, article about people, you know, the different approaches people have to getting into... This, the tiered system in the NBA of their, the te- you know, there's no hard cap, so it's like if you go above the cap, it's called you go into the luxury tax, and a lot of small market teams don't do it. You know, which all this is usually correct me if I'm wrong. It's like I think it's the luxury tax is like either it's like seventy five dollars or dollar like, for dollar or like ten percent of all of your revenue <laughs> or all of your earnings. It is a dollar fifty for every <laughs> dollar you're that? over. What is that? Did it go to a dollar fifty? And then yeah. there's the repeater tax. That's then the like two dollars for every like, dollar or something like that. Yeah, no, I think it's like three. It goes up to yeah. It's yeah, crazy. It, it, it's, like, and it's again. It, uh, my biggest problem with all of that is that it discourages teams like the Nuggets from paying the tax, and it completely doesn't do anything for like the Lakers, the Knicks. Teams that can afford it can still afford it. Teams that couldn't afford it before. Really can't afford really to do it can't now. afford it. So and there's like, been a lot of rationalization about this, specifically when it comes to the Thunder's trade of James Harden. Right. Which you have all these people who are Sam Presti 
um, fanboys who make Sam Presti GM of the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, who make excuse after excuse after excuse for why he basically slammed shut the window of the Thunder. Well, let's say to avoid. I looked it up. Luxury tax is seventy five dollars. I did look that up, by the way, just to confirm that. <laughs> He's looking at a Monopoly board. <laughs> oh, there we go. It's a Monopoly board. Uh, it's luxury a mono- tax. Right there, wedge between Boardwalk and Park Place <laughs> is <laughs> luxury tax. And, well, and it's, it's funny, but the, you know, but the reason I brought this up was because it was Which another, isn't that much money if you think about it. Was, it. Yeah, yeah. It's another rationalization about the, about the Thunder trade, essentially what this article was. And it's like, this is the thing. Sam Presti bet on the wrong horse. He gave the max contract to Serge Ibaka, or not the max, but he gave the contract extension to Sir, Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka. Over James Harden. He made the wrong choice. And him doing that essentially dooms the Thunder to not con- not contending for a was it the world wrong championship. Like, I don't know if it was the wrong choice to have to pick in between either guy. I mean, look at the Nuggets right now. We're, we're talking already about what is Denver going to be able to pay Kenneth Freed. Kenneth Freed wants a Derek Favors type extension of forty eight million. Oh, yeah, yeah. So w- why is it that the Nuggets, a guy that they drafted, are going to, you know, potentially be in this crazy penalty of the luxury tax when all they're doing is trying to retain somebody that they drafted? There should be some kind of benefit for teams, you know, like Oklahoma City, like Denver, anybody. Where if you're drafting guys and you're having these guys on your team, I know they they tried to accomplish it with um, the bird rights scenario, right? Like bird rights kind of does that, where you can resign your guy for whatever amount. Yeah, you can but resign your guy with, you with the, the cap. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't help you as for, with the cap, really. I mean, because you're still if you're in luxury tax waters, you're still there. Yeah, it's interesting. It's just an, an interesting scenario that it's painted because the reason I say the, the Thunder bet on the wrong horse is because. Serge Ibaka, as good as he is, wasn't the thing that made the Thunder special. What made the Thunder special was Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. Offense wins championships. Everybody and, knows that. And once they lost that, they <laughs> had struggled to replace it. And, you know, and that's the thing. So that, that's my point. You know, is I really, that's why I brought it up. And, well, don't you, don't you see that with the Nuggets, though? Like, what's going to happen when it's time to pay for Reed? It's the same thing. You're going to be asking the same questions. Can you afford to pay him ten million a year when you're up against the luxury tax line? Well, this is the one, the point I'll always make is that if a team really wants to keep someone, they'll keep them. They'll right. trade players and they'll keep them. Yeah. Hopefully, they don't have to trade anybody to keep him though. I mean, what we have in Denver, where we're looking at this game right now, and the Nuggets are blowing out, you know, eighty nine to sixty six on the Nets. And it's like being able to keep a team that is eleven, twelve guys deep is very rare, and it'd be cool if they were allowed to do that. With NBA rules, but it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to do that if guys progress the way they should. Kind of sucks. Yeah. You so anyway, that really annoys like. me. Mm. Whenever they show like the uh, cheerleaders on the TV during the Nuggets game, <laughs> they always put up like the advertisement, a graphic in the <laughs> middle <laughs> of it, <laughs> and it's like I'm associating these brands with not being able to see cheerleaders, so I'm never going to patronize these establishments or buy these products. They should be on the side with the cheerleaders so you associate it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, yeah, so you can see them jiggle their ass or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, don't cover them up. Put it off to the side. Yeah. Right? I mean, they're performing. That's entertainment. Let me ask you something. Why don't they have any male cheerleaders? They used to. I think there's an NBA team that has male cheerleaders. Really? They used to have uh, male cheerleaders. 
Yeah, the Nuggets did. I remember seeing them. They wore like those big shirts. Yeah, they, they did the throws with the cheerleading squad. Yeah, there's but, two different things. There's the Nuggets dance team, and then yeah. there's the Nuggets cheerleaders, and there are male Nuggets cheerleaders. Yeah, but I don't know if they're may, still around. I think maybe so. not male dancers. Yeah, so they they need more male dancers. But they have male players. They do have the male players. So, what about those of us who Can aren't there to look at, who are more into, who aren't looking at Miss Thing jiggle her? Then boots. you can look at the players. You can look at sweaty Danilo Gallinari running <laughs> up and down <laughs> all game. Okay, so, the cheerleaders. There's a little bit of hetero stuff for the heteros. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, we need something. God, what? Yeah. He gets it all, and then he wants more. <laughs> wants his cake. Wants Jeez, his cake. a little selfish. <laughs> What else? What are the headlines you got there, Roscoe? I'm done with headlines. I am too. It really just was annoying me with the cheerleaders and the dancing and, and the and advertising. The, well, they yeah. have the. I mean, with the altitude broadcast, they always have that big logo that takes up like a you know two thirds of the screen, and they always put it like right there while you know they're doing coming in for breaks, and that's when they show the cheerleaders. So it's like, yeah, you're not the only ones complaining about it. Like My dad buy a Subaru. About that. Yeah, so yeah. I would like to actually see the cheerleaders dance. I mean, that, they're being paid for this. I would assume into, they practice. I'm into dancing. I like yeah. dancing. You guys want to come back? You want to talk a little Broncos or should yeah, we talk let's Nuggets? Yeah, do that. Do Broncos? All right, let's do that right after this short little break. Carlos Sports Guys podcast live from Jake's Food and Spirits, 3800 Walnut Street. Let's uh, just uh, go ahead and say thank you to everybody who's been hooking us up this holiday season. Is uh, Yesterday was Cyber Monday, and we were uh, throwing a lot of links up on Twitter for our Amazon uh, partnership. We just want to thank everybody who has been going to Amazon and doing some Christmas shopping by using our links. Uh, easy way to do that is go to ColoradoSportsGuys.com and click that Amazon banner at the top of the page. Each time you uh, go and buy your mom a Christmas present or your your brother, like, for instance, if Andy was going to get his brother Jake uh, a Hanukkah present, he would click through the Amazon banner. You know what I'm saying? Get him a nice pair of socks. Nice pair of ankle wool. Ankle socks. Wool, oh, yeah, wool ankle socks. They don't make wool ankle socks, do they? Yeah, my ankles don't get cold. Feet do, though. They do. Wool I'm ankle with socks. you. It's a billion-dollar idea. To keep the toesies warm. Yeah. But the, anyway, lots of stuff on Amazon. It's the best way to avoid the hassle. I was in traffic today for an hour, and I went two miles. Uh, it's the time of year. A lot of people out driving around. Why don't you stay home? An ice hot cup of cocoa. Do your shopping on Amazon, but click through that banner first at ColoradoSportsGuys.com. Thank you very much. Uh, let's continue with the podcast. Podcast continuing. We're going to talk a little Denver Broncos. Uh, I believe they actually this is won why this weekend. We're pros. Did the Broncos win this weekend? A little change? Changed yeah, it up? Did you guys, uh, what did you guys think about this game? They hated it. You. <laughs> It, you know, there was a lot of people, I think, that were very negative early on, especially with the Broncos and that deficit they put themselves in. And I absolutely think this was a, a game that took a lot of my concerns and pushed them to the side. Because well, after yeah, the Patriots game... Yeah, 21 21 21-7 Chiefs? Yeah. And to see them kind of ball up and nut up and get after it... In and the fetus position. In the feces position. They curled up into the they, feces position. They, they, were from, they, they started the game in the feces position, and then they came out... Looked like shit. Smelling yep. like a rose. And, uh, 
But I loved it. It was the perfect game. I don't care how good the Chiefs are. It's a difficult place to win. And they did it. And they did it with adversity. And I thought Peyton Manning looked awesome. I don't care what anybody says about that gloved hand. I don't care about the cold weather. Peyton shut some people up because he was throwing some balls to, like, Decker. Like, the Peyton-Decker connection was awesome. Decker, obviously, we've made fun of on here for uh, his various falls down when there's nothing around but green grass. Great game by Decker. And to yeah. have a to have a third, fourth weapon on your team that's Eric Decker, a luxury. You know what I started hearing a lot of people say after that game, and it always frustrates me, is because people basically have been talking shit about Decker for yes. three months, right? Yes. And then as soon as he has this game, all these people are like, well, you know... On any, on most any team, he'd be a number one or number two wide receiver. Denver Broncos fans are a little spoiled right now. It's like, first so, of all. Isn't that what I texted you right after the game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't think Decker would be a number one you know, wide receiver. Eric Decker would be a number one receiver on another team. <laughs> but, uh, but he had a great game. It was, it was awesome. Um, yeah, but, he did. Well, I, I just, you know, he, he stepped, I mean, not only did he step up, they needed, he stepped up when they needed him to step up, because apparently uh, Demarius Thomas was quite injured. Uh, his shoulder was quite injured in that game, and he nutted it out, nutted it out, I mean, he gutted it out, and he, um, you know, played the rest of the game, but he really wasn't effective until he had that long pass, I mean, like late in the fourth quarter. But, De- I mean, uh, Eric Decker really, really stepped, I mean, he elevated himself when the Broncos needed him to. And that was the important thing to see, I think, more than anything else. You know, It's just like that mentality, the will, was there, and that was on display. And that was, uh, to me, at least more revealing to me than any sort of stats that he put up. You know, that's a- I just thought, like, Peyton, too, just putting the ball, that little fade route that they threw to Decker in the end zone, where oh, he just man. snuck by that cornerback. It just right over his, his uh, left shoulder. Just oh, beautiful, man. man. And that, the other one where he hit... Decker, I think, in the seam for a touchdown, too, that was right between two guys. Yeah. Maybe it was Tammy. I don't know which one. Whatever guy, whatever white guy it was. It was fantastic. Oh, it was. But, he was, and, and, and I, I was talking to my dad about this, and it was a little bit of point proving going on by, by um, Peyton. You know, it did seem to directly answer the, some of the harshest criticisms about Peyton Manning. Particularly that noodle arm accusation. <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, he was uh, throwing it. There were some weird crappy throws in there, but... Did you guys see this crazy disparity? We had uh, Monty Ball had 13 carries for 117 yards. Moreno, 15 carries for 18 yards. That was crazy. Really? But just, Yeah, and just seeing, like, Monty Ball, like I was telling my sister, I was like, we were watching the game together, and I'm like, just give this guy a little time, man. I've been saying that all year. Give this guy a little bit of time. His explosion off the line, like, he's so much faster than Sean, it's crazy. And that's why he's getting... I think better runs and better yardage off of runs and longer runs because of that explosion's there and he's getting to holes where Moreno isn't going to get there as fast. And I don't know. I think that guy could be a major weapon come playoff time when you need to run the ball and all of a sudden you have this kid that's just fresh legs, hasn't been ran that much. Just as Noshan Moreno was endearing himself to the Denver Bronco fans. Man, hasn't he just like people are just all over that guy? Well, By particularly, the way, he is a psychopath, and I love <laughs> it. That particularly he after, is. as it's keeping in mind of that, the national anthem they're showing when he's like apparently crying silicone out of his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he makes Dexter Fowler's passion ridiculous. That's true. But like, no Sean Moreno so, is passionate. But they, they showed No Sean crying, obviously, during the national anthem. 
They showed him on the sideline. He was he was dancing to music <laughs> by himself. He's army crawling on the field. He's talking to himself. I love this guy. I think he's just having a lot of fun. See, the, I mean, or you're right. Maybe he's on the verge of having a crisis. Of but, some well, sort. yeah. Well, but Nate Nate also really liked Ahmad Bradshaw. I mean, Ahmad Bradshaw was also very similar. He was he would like scream oh, at his I teammates. Love Bradshaw. And, yeah. Yeah. Ahmad Bradshaw, you mean? Ahmad Brashad. Ahmad Brashad. Ahmad Brashad. Oh, man. No Sean Moreno. Uh, there's a lot more uh, 27 jerseys I'm seeing around town that aren't Steve Atwater. And, uh, That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think, obviously, Steve Atwater is an icon in this town. But people are loving no Sean. People are loving them some no Sean Moreno. And, and uh, I think, guys, I think the announcers finally started to figure out how to pronounce his name. <laughs> After like three years, <laughs> no Sean Moreno. Not Sean, and he's a guy too. Uh, the one other reason I like no Sean, big Nuggets fan. You see that guy at, like Blue Sky Grilling at the Nuggets games all the time. Love these Nuggets fans. I was at the Pepsi Center last night. There's always Bronco games, Bronco players there. I saw Von Miller. I saw Clady. I saw uh, somebody said they saw Chris Harris. Um, but, uh, the, the Broncos tend to like, I used to valet park at the Pepsi Center back in college, and, uh, I always saw Bronco guys down there. I, but, Perfect uh, but, time for a Jay-Z concert, too, and the Nuggets are on the road, so none of those guys can go to the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Jay-Z's here? Oh, we're gone? Oh, perfect. Okay, great. We're in Brooklyn. Can't, can't, can't sleep. Can't, uh. Von Miller over. was all over that stadium. He was in the the luxury box right next to us. He had this gigantic cowboy hat on. Um, about he had about forty people in this luxury box. And then later on during the concert, I look up and there are these two giant jumbotron screens. Later they show a picture of the of the crowd and Von Miller's front row, like <laughs> singing along with Jay Z with this giant cowboy hat on. He looked. I don't know how to put this. He looked. Kind of special, yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Like with this big cowboy hat and those glasses. He, he looks so was this your was this your first <laughs> view of the giant Pepsi Center scoreboard in real life? I did not even notice it. Really? They must have raised it up or something. Yeah, they they don't because I did not see yeah, it. They don't. They uh, actually they, they lower that thing. Yeah. yeah, they must have uh, they must have raised it up because it, it was not. No, obvious I believe to they me. detach it and they, oh, they, they take do? it away. Yeah, I think they they, they move it because it's. During concerts, I mean, it's so huge, it would block your sight line if you were in the back. Oh, uh, yeah, that might actually. That's true. I think it can be raised up. We'll have to get some answers. Tim Gelt maybe help us out there. See. Yeah, write that down. Um, I'll write that down here. <laughs> write down that fucking The other thing I was going to ask you guys, too, what do you guys think of uh, Julius Thomas being out and you're seeing Jacob Tammy and Virgil Green? <clears throat> Tammy's, he can catch the ball very well, and Virgil Green, hell of a run blocker. Well, I, I, my instinct, instinct is not to trust anyone named Tammy, who's a guy. Jacob, we'll go with Jacob. Yeah, but he. Uh, what if it was? What if his name was Twammy? Twammy, Twammy. Then Nate would trust him. <laughs> Pro Bowler. I don't trust anybody named Jake. <laughs> like that. Shifty, That's right. We better like Andy's shifty-eyed brother. We should have checked the. We should have. Uh, Jake Feinstein. Jake Feinstein. <laughs> Jake Feinstein. And he's the one. He also wears a big cowboy hat, as far as I know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he has been rumored to work out. Well, right. yes. um, I haven't seen him for a few years. The, the nice to see those other tight ends. Uh, Step up, but I gotta say, there's a very large disparity pass catching wise. 
in the in the the tight ends to Julius Thomas, Even who with really Tandy, is special. Really? Yeah, who really is special when yeah. he is with it. But you know, he's you, also you, terrible blocking tight end. Because so, you can yeah. throw to. Tammy, you throw him like a five-yard pass, and you're getting probably six or seven yards. You yeah. throw to Julius five yards, you might get a touchdown. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's yep. true. You know, that's really interesting point to talk about the tight end play. At the end of that Patriots really game. Liked my point. <laughs> yeah, they did like your point. <laughs> Thank you. All the weird guys wearing kilts over there. Thank you, folks. Um, you know, when you were watching the Patriots game, and even this uh, past weekend, I forget who the Patriots beat, but who was that? That they played, I forget. Rams. But uh, anyway, Gronkowski is almost undefensible or undefendable, whatever that word is. He's too big. He's too big, right? And yeah. and having like a tight end, a big tight end like Julius Thomas. I mean, he's not as big as Gronk, I don't think. But might be close. I mean, he's big, but Gronkowski just like towers over these defenders. And what's it's, his oh, name? Uh, Jimmy, whatever, Jimmy Graham with the Saints. Like that guy is a specimen. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. So, oh yeah, and he, well, he was a basketball player though. Yep. Yeah, yeah, like six, seven. You only hear that eight times a game when they're playing, right? You know that Russell Wilson <laughs> yeah. was a former Rockies draft pick. <laughs> Russell Wilson. <laughs> oh, Russell. Oh, Russell. Speaking <laughs> of, did you guys watch the Monday night game last night? Caught bits and pieces. I was watching it uh, at the concert, which, you know, what I was doing during the hour-long delay before the concert So you weren't, you're, you weren't singing along to HDSO? Yeah, I was. I, I spent the first 45 minutes to an hour of the concert being like, I don't know these songs. Play the old shit, man. Play the stuff from the 90s. Yeah, you were the guy. You were, he was the one guy in the back going... Play Freebird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who uh, who's the opening act? Was there an opening act? No, it was like a DJ that played like uh you know, it wasn't even like a DJ. He just waited till the crowd got drunk and stoned enough to <laughs> yeah. Oh my to god, there was so much weed smoke in there. I hope Von Miller doesn't have to take a drug test anytime soon cuz just from being in there, I, you had to have smoked pot just Contact being it. in the room. Your young baby now had his first taste <laughs> yes, of the reaper. Yes, my unborn, <laughs> the Colorado sports my unborn kid child. Is, will be, uh, the Colorado sports unborn child has. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be being born into a brave new legal friendly legal <laughs> legal weed era. Yes, but I'd have to anyway, fumigate that place after the. I was a little bit surprised. Yeah, I think they must. <laughs> yeah, that's some serious fumigate. It was smoky. But uh, going back to Russell Wilson. There's been a lot of talk about, uh, especially after last night, um, the Seahawks beat the Saints. That could be like who the Broncos play in the Super Bowl yep. at, at some point. Yep. And I just hope it is because I still don't believe in the Seahawks. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, I think their defense is pretty good, but Drew Brees is not anywhere near, you isn't, know. Isn't that the matchup, though? Everybody's going to want – you're going to want Seahawks-Broncos. You want to see that offense – Go up against that defense. Well, I, that's what people are. And, and man, Marshawn Lynch, though, ooh, yeah. Well, this is this is the thing about the Seahawks, and I, I pointed this out on Twitter last night. I would totally take Seattle in the Super Bowl if it was played in Seattle. They are. Oh, I see what you're saying because of their home field. Yeah, they're dominant, yeah. but they are not the same team on the road. They are in they. They they've won on the road, but they are not dominant on the road. They're very very average. Probably gonna be playing an ice bowl in New York. Yes, and, <laughs> or it could just be like a nice, cool day. Yeah, could be. What do you guys think of uh, uh, of missing Kevin Vickerson? Did you guys notice Sylvester Williams doing anything good out there in the stead? He was Mitch a, Unrein? 
Both were non-entities. I mean, I didn't notice them do anything in particular. Which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, if you didn't They didn't get any them. penalties, um, unlike uh, Manny Ramirez. Wait, who Charles, did? Didn't Unran get a big penalty? Did he? No. Uh, Charles did go who? for 93 yards, 19 carries. Pretty good. Who was the guy who uh, not, like, when, when uh, no Sean Moreno was doing his, his uh, army crawl, who was the guy? Was that Manny Ramirez? That was Manny Ramirez. Yeah. <laughs> what an idiot. Hey, Damn that's, it, man. That's, that's what you call cleanup time. <laughs> Offensive lineman, you see that pile? You get your head of steam isn't going? What, uh, go bowling, Isn't baby. that what Mark Schlereth used to do? Oh, everybody did that stuff. It's classic. Yeah, they did the cleaning the pile. Didn't Mark Schlereth yes. used to crap his pants? No, he peed his pants. No, I think he crapped his pants. That's why they call him stink. Oh, really? He Either. used to crap his pants and throw up like every game. <laughs> Wow, why would you want to be anywhere near that person? I'm pretty sure that's true. He was, uh. That's why they call him Stink, because he, he was his the, pants. He was the one curled into the feces position. He was, <laughs> he was in the, yeah. he was steaming Willie Beeman before he even thought about it. He invented the feces uh. position. Well guys, let's, let's jump out. Broncos, who, who are we playing this week? Titans? Titans. Yeah. And that's here? It's yep. a, is that Trap Thursday? game. Tr- total trap game. Is this the Thursday uh, game or is this Sunday? No, it's Sunday. Okay. Sunday. Thursday game is next week against San Diego. Oh, there's another Thursday game? Yeah, next, yeah, Damn. San Diego. That's gonna suck. But Titans, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Broncos are gonna blow these guys out. I would think so. They don't stand a chance. Peyton Manning, he doesn't fall for trap games. Peyton Manning. No, yeah, I was joking. He's too smart, Adam game. Kenny. No, no he's he too is, smart. He is PFM. Okay? PFM. Yeah. Alright guys, let's take a short and come back, talk some Denver Nuggets okay. basketball. Okay. Bye bye. We're back. Do they yeah. still do that, uh, like any taco deals? Yeah, 110 yeah, points. points Ooh, Nuggets are at 107. And Anthony Randolph's in. That means Quincy Miller might be on the floor. Where is he? Come on. Uh, I don't believe, I don't see Q Miller out there. Four minutes left, 107 to 82. Ouch. Brooklyn didn't even put up a fight. They're terrible. Nuggets should have traded for one of their draft picks, too. We could have got Wiggins and Jabari Parker. Would have been amazing. Jabari Wiggins. They have a love child. Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Who's that guy? Well, that guy looking at us. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this game so far, Jeff? Have you even watched Oh, the Nuggets? Um, it's quite impressive here. It's, they've really just... Oh, yeah, there's Q Miller. He's in. Um, what do you think of this win streak? Uh, how many have they won? Six in a row? It's about to be seven. Is this the seventh? Is it's about to be seven, seven in a row. That's just freaking fantastic, guys. It started one and four. I can't even believe you guys are sitting down. You should be literally jumping off the walls. It started one and four. They're going to be 11 and six after this one. So looking pretty good. I'm, I mean, I'm really I, proud of you guys for maintaining is, your composure. This is all, this is all coinciding coincidentally, and I don't know how much it has to do with it, with JaVale McGee going out. Coinciding coincidentally. Wow. Incidentally, it coincides with JaVale going. It does a little bit. I mean, for the most part, we know who JaVale is, the player, like how much he's going to be able to develop under Brian Shaw is an unknown still. But, I mean, honestly, he's not going to turn into Akeem Olajuwon. No. That's what some people might be waiting for. And what you hope for out of him is that he becomes serviceable because that's pretty much what his ceiling is now. I mean, either when you come to the NBA, think of a, a superstar 
that wasn't a superstar within their first couple of years. Yeah. You know? I mean, it just it doesn't happen. And and Timo, Timofey Mozgov has played so well the last two games. He's become serviceable. Weren't you guys the ones who always said centers kind of blossom later? Isn't that you guys always talk they, about that? They do. They do. With your but rose-colored you lenses. Okay, there's a difference because sometimes you know. I mean, sometimes you just know. I mean, some you know, it's you can it's, become better. Like Pau Gasol became much better when he went to the Lakers versus the Grizzlies. He was just a better player, smarter, refined his movement, you know, all that good stuff. He, but even like Elijah Wan, Elijah Wan was good from the get go. Tim Duncan, good from day one. Garnett, Ewing was good from the get go. I mean, that, that's all the. Uh, but then, you know, that was a center dominated league back then. But I mean, the, right now, you know, Dwight Howard is probably the. You know, he's what, six, nine, six, ten, but he's got the really long arms. That's kind of what people are looking for right now is that really athletic, um, um, post player. But at the same time, Mozgov has been so good in his, the minutes they've given him this year that, you know, once JaVale comes back, what are they going to do? Yeah, that's a big question. I was listening, uh, Steve Kerr mentioned on Bill Simmons' podcast the other day. He doesn't believe big men can develop a post game in the NBA. He's like, if you come in the NBA without a post game, you really can't develop one. I don't know if I believe that or not, but yeah, you're, you hit on a better point there of talking about strictly rotation. You throw Hickson in the starting lineup. Hickson to me is a guy that needs to play a lot of minutes. He's not going to be able to play 15 minutes and kind of get hot. He's a guy yeah. that needs touches, needs minutes to kind yeah. of get into a flow. Starting him has looked good. Mozgov, same thing. You play Mozgov 10 minutes, sometimes you get nothing. You play him 30 minutes like the other night uh, in Toronto, plays excellent. You know, he goes I mean, for 18 and 16 or whatever it was. It's like, holy shit, this guy's on backup and he's playing like a starter. Yeah, and well, Russ, what do you think? I mean, you're, you're someone who knows about positioning and all this stuff on the floor. Do you believe that if you don't come into the NBA with a post game, you won't later develop it? <laughs> well, that's kind of funny because when you think about a guy who's seven feet tall, right? Yeah. Um, or over 6'10". Yeah. At most levels of their playing career, they could get, you could probably get by without having a lot of skill or a lot, I mean, cause you're just tall. You're, you're, you know, you're a foot taller than everybody else or six inches taller than everybody else. So you, you can kind of get away with an absence of that skill. So, I mean, I would say, no, of course you could develop a better game. And in fact, with a lot of these guys, they better because they're not getting the competition at college or in high school or whatever the amateur. Are, are you saying play. that AAU kind of? AAU, would, yeah. Would I that, mean, would that kind of influence the direction they go if they are just allowed to just go on by natural talent and not develop? Or just by game? pure height. Yeah. I mean, if you're seven feet tall, you can be the biggest scrub in the world, but you're probably getting a scholarship somewhere to a Division One school. That's true. You know what I mean? I mean, you can have no game, and you are probably going to get looked at, um, at the NBA. It's like if you're a left-handed pitcher, you know, you're going to get more opportunities to play um, than, uh, you know, an average right-handed pitcher. Same thing. If you're seven feet tall, you're going to get the opportunities. But what really, do you guys know something? I just thought of something. Did you guys ever hear about the size of Hakeem Olajuwon's feet and how they're disproportionately small for his body? <laughs> no. He has like a size 15 feet. Oh, interesting. He wears a size 15 shoe. There's been some other players that have had And when you look at JaVale McGee, he's just like got these giant, like, I mean, his feet are gigantic. You know what JaVale's... looks a little you know what goofy. <laughs> you know what he seems like to me, Ross? He, uh, JaVale McGee seems like a kid... A teenager who went through a growth spurt. 
That's that's the way he seems to me. Yeah, and he's just he not used to his like body. Yeah. I mean, so and and that a lot of that is like is coordination, and he does seem a little like he can't control his limbs. Yeah. So I guess when you're asking, you know, can a can a guy develop a post game in at the professional level? I say yes. Is it, is JaVale McGee kind of proven that he's not going to? Maybe. I well, mean, I mean, and we're also dwelling on a guy that you know currently not playing, plays 18 minutes a night so far. Like, what's good about this team right now? Like, what is working for these guys? Yeah. And for me, a lot of it is just the rotation and just having guys know their roles now. You know, ever since they switched out Hamilton for Chandler, Shaw's had a pretty steady rotation. I mean, he still kind of is going by feel a lot of times, but you're seeing the big man. I mean, obviously it's Mozgov, Darrell Arthur off the bench for the bigs. It's Jordan Hamilton at, at small forward. And then you got, you know, Nate Robinson, Andre Miller, Lawson, and Fournier, and Foy battling for all the minutes at guard. And and this, I think, has everything to do with Brian Shaw and just his attitude towards the players. You say they know their roles, which is important. They feel the players seem more secure. They they seem like with George Carl, it was always like if you weren't getting minutes, it was always some sort of punitive action. You know what I yeah, mean? And it was yeah. like it had everybody walking on eggshells all the time. And Brian Shaw is making everybody feel more comfortable. And, the only, and they play better when they feel comfortable and the as only, opposed to playing scared. The, yeah. only player no, I can, point. the only player I can see that really is kind of having inconsistent minutes is Yvonne Fournier. But at the same time, Shaw is still giving him minutes. So it's like he knows that he's going to get X amount of minutes minimum per night, which from what I've heard from NBA scouts, guys I've talked to around the league, vastly important for development. Like if you know you're going to get time and you know you're not going to sit for five games, you're actually on the court playing, you know, even if it's just 10 minutes a night or 8 minutes or 14, you're at least getting out there for a consistent role, a consistent effort. I, I always thought, and you and I, Nate, you and I have talked about development of big guys and just general young players. I've always felt that the whole minutes on the floor thing was a little overrated, mostly because it's not as if they're not getting attention. You know, they're getting attention in practice and all that. Obviously, those game minutes are important and stuff like that. But in a lot of ways, you know, especially if you are on a winning team, you you just can't find the space for them, you know. And this team right now obviously has some development going on. But when you think about it, uh, Jordan Hamilton's getting minutes and some other players got minutes, primarily because Danilo Gallinari's not in there. Right. So Gallo comes back. What's going to happen? You know? So some of it's circumstance, some of it's intent. And I think it's a little, um, you know, too much of a broad brush to paint with to say that they just need minutes to develop because there's so much more that goes into it. So much more. And Shaw seems to be good at actually developing, quote-unquote, his players. You know, and the Nuggets just won, by the way. All right. 111 to 87. Mozgov, player of the game, talking to Hastings. He's the only guy that makes Hastings look short. Yep. Shorter. <laughs> they both look tall, actually. Yeah, I, I, I love <laughs> I love, I love talking to Timo at, uh, at practice, too. I mean, 
He's he just seems so surprised to be interviewed. <laughs> it's funny too because sometimes he'll go, uh, "No speak English." And you're like, "Come on!" Oh, he, <laughs> okay, Mozgov. I see why he's the player of the game. Seventeen points, twenty rebounds. Holy Ooh. moly! Well, Brooke Lopez doesn't rebound well, but they have Kevin Garnett. Garnett's a rebounder. That's insane. and all the Nuggets players are mobbing him as he's getting it. That that was that was cool. I'm gonna have to check that out. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch that game. Rewatch. They put the advertisement on the side of the screen when to, to block Timothy yeah, up there. Kind of another thing with the Nuggets too. I I kind of want to touch on with uh, with Shaw is these these small lineups that he's going to. He had a lineup the other night. He ran out Ty Lawson. Nate Robinson, Andre Miller, Randy Foy, and Wilson Chandler. I thought it was one of the most crazy lineups I've ever seen, and yeah. they played quite well. Yeah, it was crazy. You had four guys on the floor that weren't over six foot four, and then your center, quote unquote center Chandler, was you know six seven, six eight, and it was just a crazy lineup. But it worked really well. Like, like you know, people want to say that. Shaw's doing a lot of stuff that, that Carl did, but Hastings just gave him a hook too. That's, that's <laughs> well, it's not so much that George Carl didn't know what he was doing, well, and it's yeah. not like their coaching is vastly different. It's just the way they go about it, and it's the attitude, you know. So even seeing Brian Shaw do some similar things to Carl from a you know a lineup perspective. That, that, that doesn't mean it's not different feeling for the players. And I think it is different feeling, totally, because totally the, is, yeah. the the players, first of all, they seem to respect Brian Shaw, and I think they respected George Carl, but they respected him in a is a very coach player way. relationship, like like yeah. a yes, like a. And this is more like teacher student almost. You yeah, know, where that's you, a good that's a good point. You, yeah. you really kind of we we can all probably name two or three teachers that we remember very well from our time in school. And I'm sure that the, these Nuggets... Lowell Sharp, my forensics coach. <laughs> Mr. Cordell. Changed my, my life. My forensics coach. <laughs> he was my friend. Man. I don't All know right. what forensics coaches are, but I'm sure that these Nuggets, when they continue their careers... Nate was the guy that Lowell picked... Sharp, NFL uh, Hall of Famer. Nate was the guy who picked on forensics people in high school. <laughs> I, never even, I didn't even know we had that. I could probably be in CSI right now. Is that kind no, of forensics? No, it's speech. It's speech. Speech and debate. But, so. uh, oh, I was but, natural at that stuff. Yeah. You guys had to take classes to get on this podcast. I just started talking. <laughs> but, no, it's but Ross, both of you guys have made excellent points about this tonight, and it's yeah. Don't yeah. let it go to your head. Um, <laughs> I knew it was bound to happen yeah. one of these days. And I think I think there's been a lot of great. What what I'm happy about, guys, is a lot of this has created some great discussion. A lot of the Nuggets resurgence. And a lot of the Nuggets' tactics have, have created, specifically on Stiffs, some fantastic discussion well, do you remember about analytics and all this stuff. Before you get into moving to that part of the combo, remember George would talk a lot last year about, I'm trying to win games, I'm not trying to develop. And it, it really seems to me that Brian Shaw is developing and winning games. I mean, he is, like you said, out of necessity having to use Jordan Hamilton, but... Mozgov, Hamilton, Fournier, like, he's winning games with these young players. I mean, even Chandler's young. I mean, he's obviously experienced. Ty Lawson, another young guy, obviously a lot of experience. But Lawson seemed to raise his game to another level under Brian Shaw. I don't know whether that was going to happen anyway, regardless of who the coach was. But, man, he looks great. That nails it on the head. That notion that development and, and winning is mutually exclusive. Right. 
That is the difference in attitude. That's exactly that's a good point. what we're seeing. Yeah, that's a good point. It's the, it, they can be together. And, and, and even, even if Carl didn't exactly, he, I mean, he would say, I'm trying to win games, not trying to develop. What do you think that tells guys like Hamilton and Fournier? Like, if I play you, I can't win games with you. Freed, same kind of thing. It's like, but when you actually have confidence and show confidence in your guys, I think that goes a long way, especially in the NBA where it's a game of confidence. Yeah, and, and you know, and George, I don't know if you guys are familiar. We should have brought this up in the headline segment. George gave an interview to Dave Krieger. The headlines were perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. Dave Krieger of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, he's got his own, uh, former Denver Post slash Rocky Mountain News columnist, current, uh, KOA. talk show host on KOA, uh, has his own blog and he did an, uh, interview with George Carl and George Carl chalked up the Nuggets success to them playing fast and not having JaVel Biggie. I mean, literally that's what he did. <laughs> and, there's probably a little bit of truth to that, and there's probably a little bit of exaggeration to that. But when we're talking about developing players, do you sacrifice what you have in order to take steps with younger players, or do you win simultaneously, and how do you balance that? That's one of the most tricky things to do in the NBA, I think, is to is take these mold young players and have a competitive and winning roster. You know, yeah, it's almost like ignoring the realities of your talent base by saying we're just going to win and not develop. It's like, well, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> you know, you can take that attitude if you're the Miami Heat, right? But when you're maybe not flush with top tier talent, mm-hmm. I mean, not say the Nuggets don't have a lot of talent, but it's certainly not, you know, top five players. So. I like that. I think it's it's making it more interesting. It is. I mean, and looking at just like the stats on the team too, and you see like boy, Bill Hanslick is so happy right now. Oh, he's Look so at that excited! Oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. <laughs> I just like to fellas. wake up in his shoes one day. These big fellas that got up and they ran. The Nuggets have one guy that scores Ty Lawson twenty point six points. They have four guys right now that average ten points, and then they have one guy at nine, two guys at eight. And then McGee and Miller, Andre Miller's stats are crazy to me, but they, I mean, they don't, it literally is a team effort every night where you're getting contributions from everybody. And, you know, I, I was kind of asked about this the other day on, uh, when I was talking with Brady Hull of KFKA and Greeley, and we were talking about Andre Miller and his minutes. I don't really hear him complaining. His minutes have gone down from 26 to 19. His stats are at all time lows, 6.8 points, 3.3 assists. He averages seven over his career, 5.9 last season. But it seems like Andre Miller is making a bigger impact on this team this year than he did last year. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? That's it like really feels that way. Addition it's, by subtraction for both JaVale McGee and Andre Miller. Yeah. It's oh, like, it's another good point, Ross. But, but Give it, yourself a high five. Yeah. It does really feel like, though, that I'm Andre Miller's, tonight. Like Miller's role has been, his minutes have cut down, but his role is <laughs> increased. snow is sticking out it's there. Crazy. It is finally. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. For those of you watching at home, it is you can see how much snow is out there. How much snow there is. Well, boys, the Nuggets have uh, now won seven in a row. This road trip, they still got, uh, what, four games? Cleveland, Boston, Philadelphia, and Washington. They come back on the 13th against the Utah Jazz. I predicted Gallo would be back the 15th against New Orleans. Looking like I'm going to be wrong. I don't believe that's going to be the case. (laughs) And even if they lose out, the road trip's already a success. You know, Now it's all gravy. 
Yeah, you won two. You get one more, and you got George Carl's 500 record there. So, yeah, the uh, establishing the uh, the low bar. Yeah, the old low bar, but I like it. You guys about done here? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's wrap here? this up. Just want to yeah. remind everybody before we get out of here to uh, go support our sponsor, the Chop House. That place is just damn delicious. I went there the other night. Took the Colorado yeah. Sports Wife. And uh, it's just a great place. Um, and uh, I had a steak, and uh, it was amazing. It was literally mouth-watering. Cutting so uh, like it's holiday. Oh, yeah. It's the holiday season's perfect time to go out and treat yourself. And uh, also keep clicking that Amazon banner. We are really, really uh, having a great month. We can make it better. You guys just keep helping us out. We'll Thanks to all stuff. of you who, who clicked on that. Yeah. This, oh. yeah yes, Cyber Monday. Let's special okay. shout-out to Andy Mack. For retweeting all of our tweets yesterday on Cyber Monday, that was yes, very, <laughs> very nice of Andy. I, I saw that, and you know, let's face it, anyone who did that yesterday, thank you so much. Also, come to member support Jake's Food and Spirits. Um, we are here tonight, uh, thirty eight hundred Walnut Street. Come down and say hi. On Tuesday, they got two for one <laughs> drink specials, here. and it is it's fantastic. We usually Nate Ross and I tend to always get the same thing when we come here. So that's not true. I got something different. Today. Well, that's right. You did. He's got totally. It was good, but I should have. I was a little jealous. Like, the salad was good. And we also promised it had at some sausage point, on it. Yeah. At some point soon, we'll set up a Stiff's Night Out location to be determined. Game to be determined. Date to be determined. Sometimes. So all you know, basically, is this mythical Stiff's Night Out sometime. Yeah. But people are going to want to come now. The team's doing good. Everybody's That's excited. right. Yeah, we like it. All right, guys, we're going to jump out of here. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay warm. See you. Peace.